This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. In part two of my interview with Scott Galloway, what is Amazon and Apple and Facebook and Google? What are they doing inside your home? Now, you may know some of this already, but the future, as you're about to find out, is changing inside your very living room. Let's take our conversation inside the home. Huge market here. And I I remember being in an Apple store, meatpacking district, Manhattan, two years ago. And everything on the wall was about cameras inside the home, audio systems, keyless entry, heating and cooling systems, the Nest system, on and on and on. Who is ahead in this space? The same company that's ahead everywhere, Amazon. Amazon has a 70% share of voice in the home. I mean, think about one of the greatest fumbles in technology history was who used to own voice five years ago? Mm, don't know. Apple? Siri. Apple. Siri. Siri was literally synonymous with voice, and Alexa has blown by it. And the only reason Siri's still in the game is because they're on these Apple iPhones. But the home, uh, so trillions of dollars probably of shareholder value have been thrown up and reallocated because uh, the phone, that was the battleground. Over the last 10 years, the phone has changed everything. The new battleground, I believe, is going to be the home. It's the only place you don't have your phone attached to your hand. And it's a place where you make a lot of purchase and media decisions, what you're going to watch, what you're going to buy. And who owns the home now? The buttery voice of Alexa. So we're about to see how a did huge that, reallocation. How did that happen? How did they best? Yeah. best uh, but well, I, I ask you because Google's got a pop-up store on Fifth Avenue, yeah. which ain't cheap, but for that yeah. company, they got a ton of money. And if you go in there today, you'll see they're all about the home, much like the Apple example I gave from yeah. two years ago. Well, uh, okay, so who's the most innovative hardware company in the world? Most people would say Apple, but I would ask the following. Is the most innovative computer hardware product of 2015 and 2016 the Apple Watch, the Apple Pods? No, it's Amazon's Echo. Amazon Echo is a transformative device. How come? It, I have kids. You see the way they interact with it. You can order an Uber on it. You can put paper towels uh, on your shopping list with it. You can ask it. Uh, what's the capital of, chi- of, of Chile when your kid argues with you? I mean, you can. Uh-huh. I have this very sophisticated audio system. I spent a ton of time and energy, and money setting up. Now we listen to radio on Alexa. So mm-hmm. Echo is a trans. A- Echo is the iPhone of this decade in terms so, of transformative. So what hardware. you're saying then is, if we're in conversation and we're out at a restaurant and we can't think of the answer for whatever it is in our conversation, you just. We have, just say it, and Alexa's there for you. We have a sort what Google is to information, what Amazon is to to um, shopping, what what Spotify is to music is now now all Alexa in the home. You have someone following you around, making your life mm-hmm. better, and all do, you need to do is whisper. Do it, you use it all the time? You do. Yeah, You're comfortable with it, and yeah. What's 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 impre- incredible though is how comfortable my seven and ten year old boys are. You you will go out and buy Amazon stock if you're in a house with kids and you see how they interact with Alexa. They my uh, last night my seven year old boy 
Alexa, call dad. We have an Alexa show. It shows up on my phone. I answered. I'm in a meeting. I see my kid. He's like, Daddy, can I have the snack? And I say, show me the snack. And he shows it. And it's a kind bar. And I'm like, that's not a snack. That's candy. Put it away. And I get to see him go put it away. And he's upset and he's angry. And he goes, Alexa, hang up. And you see the way a kid interacts with this thing. And my seven-year-old now believes that Alexa is his interface to permission around candy, media, music, and eventually purchases. So <laughs> when we start getting metrics back around what is happening in households and how comfortable people are interacting with Alexa and the fact that Alexa no longer recommends brands. If you ask Alexa for, for, for batteries, it doesn't recommend Energizer or Duracell. It only will recommend Amazon Basics Batteries, which is their private label. You will freak out and then you will go buy Amazon stock. Mm. So Alexa really is transformative. As a father, how do you feel about that with your seven or 10 year old? I think technology on the whole is a wonderful thing. I'm not one of these technophobes, uh, uh, you know, but if you see the way your sons react when you take an iPad or a phone away from them, it literally is watching an addict make the transition from heroin to methadone. It's pretty frightening the way kids' brains are hardwired. Mm -hmm. And also these companies are very good at creating very addictive components of their products. Do you have a metric you look so at on true. your product? Do you look at likes on your podcast? I, mean, I, I check. Yeah, I, I think the thing that I'm chiefly interested in is how viewers are responding to whatever it is for the topic of that hour or that day. But what's the metric? Um, what do you look at? Is I look for I look for feedback. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. viewer comments. Um, yeah. I, I think they they interest me the most because you are actively responding. Yeah. It's not just a click. You're physically typing words. Yeah, yeah. So every, everyone in the world now has access to that, that dopamine hit that happens before you look at the feedback. And it's, it is, it's not winning that, that creates the dopamine hit. It's right before that third rail on the slot machine comes up and you wonder, is it good or is it bad? So I'm addicted to social media. I want to see how people respond to my videos, to my tweets, and I go on several times a day to see how many thumbs up, thumbs down. On YouTube, I get very, very detailed feedback, and I'm an addict. And I think I'm old enough to modulate it now. A seven-year-old boy isn't. So when you take away his video game that shows him how many gold coins he got, you take away his video. My son did a video with a handstand. He wants to see it every day to see how many likes. These companies are very good at creating an addictive product. This comes back to my thinking about changing the software, changing the code, getting it in front of more people so that it feeds your dopamine effect even more. Or it, it, it does not allow you as an individual to break free of this. Well, more people. Facebook now has a meaningful relationship with 2.3 billion people. There are more people who have a relationship with Facebook than Christianity. Facebook's the most successful thing in the history of mankind. It's more successful than communism, capitalism. More people have a meaningful relationship with Facebook than any specific God or democratic or economic system. Mm. You know Adam Alter. I do well. Psychologist from yeah. Australia. Super talented guy. Wrote a book called Irresistible. That's right. He has done Hammer Time yep. um, a few months back. And just so our audience knows, he wrote a book about how social media companies get you addicted That's and right. how they keep you hooked. And the bottom line that he expressed is that in your smartphone, every time you go back to your phone, there is always something new, new for you there. And that's what yeah. keeps you coming back. A new, a new hit on the pipe. It's always there. Advertising. Yep. You said something that got my attention. 
I'll just give you an example. I go online. I purchase something from Target. Yep. The Target ads follow me for the next two weeks. Yeah, retargeting. You say that's just the beginning. Because you say Siri, that little voice in your iPhone, will listen to you at a musical concert. Yep. And then a few weeks down the road, feed you ads for the group that you attended. You can get it. Well, if the Facebook... So all these companies employ ambient listening. And it's not... I don't believe they're doing anything nefarious themselves. They're not trying to, it's not an Orwellian future. They're trying to figure out a way to figure out where you are so they can feed you more relevant ads. So if you're in an Adele concert and you get an ad for her latest album, that's relevant. And it might seem a little creepy at the time, but the bottom line is if you look at how we spend our time and the choices and how we look, how our fingers make decisions for us, we're comfortable with a certain level of privacy violation our parents weren't in exchange for utility. So these companies do listen in. That's not the dangerous part. The dangerous part about these ambient listening features built into the phones for better advertising is that what we've seen in painful clarity over the last few months is that these platforms can be weaponized by bad actors. And the idea that potentially, and I don't know if this has happened yet, but potentially an intelligence unit of the Russian government could effectively mic or eavesdrop on 2 billion people without their knowledge, we would have thought it would have been impossible for them to, to run propaganda ads a few months ago, that's the scary part. The scary part is we're all carrying around a mic device on our phone. To date, it's been used for what I would call positive positive things. I, I don't mind. Creepiness mm. is inextricably linked to utility. And most of us talk a big game, and then we want Uber to know exactly where we are and where we're going such Boy. that it can get to our house more easily. That's a, that is a terrific point. Um, I don't use Siri. I do think it's creepy. Um, I think in time I probably break down. Mm-hmm. and use it or i use the alexa product and now i've got a voice inside my home but yep. already you've got cameras inside your house that yep. watch video yeah um and they have a microphone on as well if you're in new york you're on camera when you leave the office today you're on camera Every, almost something it's like 94 percent of the time who, you're in new york who's you're on going camera. who's going through all of this data how, how do they sort it out well okay so the problem is not enough in the case of these platforms not enough people so the, where Facebook has gotten into trouble is that they don't want to employ this very dangerous, or excuse me, this very expensive thing that the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times employ, and that is human discretion. So at some point, if 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 uh, intelligence unit of the Russian uh, government were to try and put ads on Fox News Radio, trying to sow chaos in our society, someone here would catch it. I'm fairly confident that Fox News Radio will not be weaponized by the GRU. That's because. You have this really terrible business model called human discretion where you have editors and you have people actually listening and you have people actually approving content and deciding what is legit and what isn't. Facebook has decided they're going to have the world's largest pool with no lifeguard, which is a great business model, a great business model. But as we've seen, there are risks involved. And for them to come out and say all these half excuses and kind of BS smoke screens of, well, we don't want to be arbiters of truth. Well, you know what? You sure as hell can try. And they talk about First Amendment, and we're not a media company, we're a platform. They are the largest media company in the world, and it's ridiculous that they're not subject to the same scrutiny that you and every other media company have become. So they could go out and hire people today if they. Let me put it this way. I don't know the economics of Fox News, but if the New York Times can protect us from the GRU with $100 million in free cash flow, Facebook sure as hell can with $12 billion in free cash. Wow. Some companies that are not in your big four, you say uh, they are worth watching. Microsoft sure. and Airbnb. Sure. So Microsoft technically is the fifth horseman. 
If I was intellectually honest, I would have included them. They're now worth, uh, I think, f- the fourth most valuable company in the world. Their renaissance has been incredible. I didn't write about them because, quite frankly, Bill, I just don't understand them as well as I understand the other companies. Is it the software or the cloud or, or both? That- They're firing on all cylinders. I mean, the, with with um, their cloud business, the the – Microsoft Office continues to be a, a juggernaut. I mean, they're just an incredibly mm. well-run company that's that's uh, had one of the best. I, I think, arguably, I think they're the second best stock performer over the last twenty-four months. It's tripled. It's tripled in two years. What, what's up with Airbnb? So, what is so fascinating? So about the reason it? why I think Airbnb is going to become more valuable than Uber and is a bigger moat than Uber is that Airbnb has liquidity on the supply and demand side. Now, what do we mean by that? You and I could start a ride-hailing firm in New York. We would have, if we had 30 or 50 million bucks, we could hire the drivers. And there's enough local demand just with local knowledge that I want a car that we could build a small little business. With Airbnb, you not only have to have local demand, you have to have apartments listed locally in Austin. You have to have global demand. In other words, everyone around the globe when they're coming into Austin has to know about Airbnb. So the moat is wider, if you will, for Airbnb. You can't have a regional Airbnb platform, or it's much harder, whereas you can have a regional ride-hailing competitor. So we've seen competitors to Uber pop up all over the place, whereas I believe Airbnb is putting in place these moats, these global moats of global supply and global demand that are actually more sustainable than what Uber's been able to offer. So that goes into the whole idea of the sharing economy, which which I think we both without even asking you, would agree that it's only going to get bigger. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's part two of my conversation with Scott Galloway, author of the book, The Four, The Hidden DNA of Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. In part three, why your iPhone is underpriced. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmertown. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch.